Greetings. I'm Alan Patterson. Welcome to another Ladder Burner podcast. I have a special guest today, Kelly Norton, who's a colleague and associate of mine and a friend. And I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Uh, Kelly is a ladder burner from day one, and you're going to hear about her career directly from her. And what's really fascinating to me is to hear how Kelly thinks about people and situations, what she knows and what she doesn't know, uh, what she sees and what she doesn't seem to see that really points her in a particular direction. So I'm going to get out of your way. And if you're driving, I'd say put both hands on the wheel because you are in for quite a ride. Ladies and gentlemen, Kelly Norton. Said that well, it, I'm just being real. Yeah, no, it's real. It's good. So, so uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Today, I have with me Kelly Norton. Uh, Kelly and I are colleagues and friends and have known each other for almost 10 years here in Fond du Lac. Uh, she has a wonderful and exciting work history. Uh, she is interested and interesting, and uh, I want to welcome to you, uh, Kelly, to the Ladder Burners podcast. Oh my gosh, this is like such an exciting debut! I'm I'm so pumped. Well, good. Thanks. Well, listen, let's let's do this. Let's start off with a very uh, brief overview, it, and I'm going to let you decide this. It's what, what do you want uh, people to know about you? What is it that you feel is important uh, that describes you and that you would want people to know about you? Um, I'm kind of organized chaos at its finest, I think you could say. <laughs> um, you know, you, you kind of chipped over this question to me, which was, which was fair as a preview to give kind of an overview about my life, my, my job, my education. Um, and I would say that, you know, relatively speaking and probably very much aligned with ladder burners, I never really thought much about where I was going. I just knew when I got there. And so my career pathway looks very non-traditional. Um, I started out in nonprofit somewhat by chance out of college. It's not like I was intentionally pursuing that avenue in my studies, um, nor was I really even quite certain about where I was going to go. I would consider myself a bit of a dreamer and, you know, I want to, I want to feel good about what I do. But when you try to define like, what is a job that allows you to do that? I, I got the sense very early on that you don't know it until you're in it. And so every, every, career that I've had, every job that I've had, every place that I've worked has led me to try to fill that feeling um, of feeling inspired by my work and excited about what I do and engaged with the people I work with. 
um, and not necessarily chasing like the best next step or the best next thing. It just kind of happened by chance. Um, It's kind of, yeah. I'm sorry. When did, when did you first realize that? Gosh, I don't know. I think it was probably, you know, when I was even in college, um, I just, every, all of my friends were looking for very traditional careers and many of them were studying in fields that were very prescribed, right? So they were studying to be a nurse practitioner or studying to be a school counselor or studying to be this. And they had a roadmap, like they knew exactly where they were going and how long it was going to take there and how much it was going to cost. Um, and I didn't have a map and I didn't want one. And so I wasn't quite sure where I was going to land. I knew I didn't want to move far away from home. I'm a bit of a mama's baby, if you will. Um, and so I knew that family was important to me, but I knew that that first career was going to be a starting point, not an ending point. And so I think I knew that in college, Alan. Did, did, when you say you didn't want a, a roadmap, what was it about a roadmap that, that you didn't want? Um, it's, it's the opposite of organized chaos. Like I described myself. (laughs) Yeah. Well, kind of right. It's like, well, first I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. There's this like element of spontaneity or, um, excitement, even in like not knowing what the next chapter is for me, that's like exhilarating. If you would have asked me 20 years ago when I was graduating college, as the senior director of enterprise culture and communication, I would have been like, well, first of all, what is that? You know, and I don't know, tell me more about the job. It sounds interesting Mm -hmm. and exciting. Um, So I I think that when you, when you have it all kind of figured out or you think you have it figured out, number one, I think you can get easily disappointed because if it doesn't go just the way that it's planned, well, shoot, that's kind of a bummer now, isn't it? And I didn't, I didn't want that. Plus I'm, um, I like to dabble. I like to, you know, not have things quite where I want them all the time. And I'm constantly tinkering in my house and tinkering with my life and tinkering with this and tinkering with that. And as a result, you like collect all this knowledge in a variety of different arenas, which makes you positioned better to have that dream job when you finally figure out what it is. So when you talk about organized chaos, give me an example. Um, okay. How would I explain this? So I, I like to have a lot of things going on at one time and I rarely say no to things, which, which can be complicated. It's complicated in your job. It's complicated in your life. Uh, it's complicated to find balance, but somehow um, having that kind of chaos provides an opportunity and an outlet for me to really figure out what I'm passionate about, you know, and, and I slowly start weeding other things out of my life that no longer give me that feeling of fulfillment. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll volunteer for a variety of things. 
And if I don't feel like I can make an impact or a difference, then there may be some things I choose not to, not to support anymore, not to support by way of, of offering uh, charitable gifts as an example, but maybe just not volunteering my, my time as freely um, at work. You know, I rarely say no to an opportunity for a project because I feel like it's an advantage for me to understand every single avenue of the business. Um, so I, you know, I learn a lot about every other person's role and how it fits into the whole because there's somehow organization in that chaos of me trying to make sense of that all. Um, I have found that to be a very valuable skill over the years is just being a collector of things, collector of information, collector of ideas, um, hearing people out, asking a lot of open-ended questions of people, because it, it, to me, that's where I have learned to adapt to environments and also honed in on the skills that, that have turned out to help me advance my own career. Here's how I think about what Kelly's saying. She describes herself as organized chaos. And what I hear her describe is really a way to figure things out. She collects information. Uh, she collects understanding people, uh, which you're going to hear more about. And she seeks to understand what's really going on in situations, which gives her uh, a, a leg up because it's not just that she's doing things that she hasn't done before. She sees this as an opportunity to get smarter about people in situations. And um, I think that's pretty cool. So th this makes me think of, of a related question about uh, in all the work that you've done, uh, Kelly, what is it about the, the work uh, that you like the most? And, and just briefly describe the jobs that you've been in. But I want to know about as you look across the work, what is it that you like the most? Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so, you know, I, I kind of alluded to it, but I started out working in nonprofit for um, a program called the First T, which very few people know about, but it's a it's a, a national organization that teaches disadvantaged children um, life skills through the game of golf. And I landed in that somehow by chance. And they said, here, congratulations, you're now the executive director and you have to raise $3.5 million to build a clubhouse and oh, by the way, there's no board. And and I was like stupid enough to take the job because I was desperate. Um, but I also knew that I was like going to learn a lot. I was going to gain all these like valuable skills that I wouldn't have had before. So um, that was kind of my first taste at, you know, charitable work. And I, and I think filling my cup, if you will. And then from there, I went on to a couple other nonprofits, both in higher education um, as well as um, health charity. And again, totally foreign territories, new positions, um, a new regional position. One of them was where I was like founding a branch of an organization. Um, I also, weirdly enough, I did some 
radio. Uh, I was a radio salesperson for a while. So, you know, I figured out how, what cold calling was all about, how to sell my brand, um, how to reinvent myself with a very tenured sales staff um, who had been there for a long time. And I was the low person on the totem pole. Um, I mean, all of those things together. And then, you know, obviously ending up in, in K-12 uh, private education in a Catholic school as the president of that system and, and had kind of like haphazardly happened. Um, I would say that with all, with all of those things, it was the opportunity to build it, to like make it what I wanted to make it. There was no roadmap. So again, that kind of organized chaos, if you will, there was no prescription. There was no roadmap. There was no playbook. They basically said, here are the keys. I don't know. You figure it out. <laughs> and I think a lot of people would be like, shit, well, that's scary. And I don't really, I'm not really interested in that because we really yeah. like structure in our lives. But for me, that's like exhilarating. If you tell me, well, we don't know, no one's ever done this before. We're not sure what to tell you. You think you can figure it out. And we may or may not have resources to help you get there. Can you figure that out too? Um, that's the, that's the kind of thing that for me, um, you know, was always really exciting. Before I got into this job and started working for the school, but I learned quickly, you know, I started talking to people, asking a lot of questions, relying on people, um, who I still would call today for advice about it because they were the experts. I wasn't the expert. I just helped pull the right people together to make the decisions that needed to be made. Um, but again, there was like something really exciting about not actually knowing how to get it done, but, but figuring it out along the way. So um, I was in that role for four years as president um, before once again, you know, another opportunity presented itself, but um, you know, looking back, I think I was a little bit crazy and a little bit naive and um, looked fear in the face and just said, screw it, let's do this. And I think there's that little bit of grit and ruggedness about me and and others who are kind of of kind of like that, who see their career pathway as very nonlinear that that don't look at those things as scary. They look at them as exciting. I would say that early on in my, probably my first job and everyone thereafter, um, I worked with people, many of, many of which were my direct supervisors, leaders, or leaders within, if you will, who I, I, you know, worked for, worked with, and I realized like these people are bullshit. Like how the hell did they, did they get these jobs? You know? And I realized that they had figured out how to climb the corporate ladder and they, they did so sometimes in very non-glorious ways. And like I don't, I don't know, like just, you know, kissing the butt of the right person or being in the right place at the right time. Um, or, or being able to smooth talk their way, you know, I, as I describe it, selling a ketchup popsicle to an Eskimo, like they had that figured out. And I was, I was just like enamored by how 
some people landed in positions that I thought were aspiring. Well, we hit a technical glitch at this point, but it's a good place to stop and take stock. Think about the career that Kelly's had. And what makes this so interesting, I think, is that she's looking for opportunities to try to make things happen. And so they may not appear linear. She's not climbing the ladder going from uh, a manager to a vice president to the CEO. She sees these opportunities that she wants to explore and wants to jump in and figure out. And as she's done this, she's, she's found people along the way that she sees are, she did in senior positions, positions that she doesn't see cutting it. And yet it hasn't stopped her. She's not jaded by this. She just simply moves on and moves through it and continues to find those opportunities, which are more about how she stays engaged and how she stays committed. So let's let's hear more about what else Kelly is doing. Hello. Hi. Something Damn it! I have, I have like really good thoughts there. Okay. Well, I'm going to take you back to the point you left off. So don't 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 freak. You were talking about people that were in jobs that you you were so surprised that they'd schmooze their 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 way there that they, they and you couldn't believe that these people actually had jobs more senior jobs in an organization. Yeah, and you know I by the way, okay. So at that point in my career, I had no business having those jobs, and that's not what I that's not what I was aspiring for. But I was trying to figure out you know, early on in my career and kind of throughout my career, how does this happen? Like, how do people get these jobs? How, what has their pathway looked like? What has their ladder looked like? You know, and, and I realized that very quickly, um, I studied those people intimately because I wanted to understand it. I'm like a studier of people. I like to figure out what makes people tick. Um, I really like to understand um, people's motivations, what makes them cry, what makes them smile. Like, you, you know, Alan, I've asked you thousands of questions that way. And over and over and over again, I was surprised by what I found. And what I realized is I was shaping a whole bucket of things that I never wanted to be. <laughs> and yeah, like... I learned more from quote unquote crappy shitty leaders in, in my past experience than I did from the ones who the short list of the folks that I can go back to. And they're not just people who led because of position. They led because of who they were. I learned more from people like that. And the list is very small than I did from the people who, who were quote unquote supposed to be leaders within or leaders because of position. And I built a pretty long list of things I never wanted to do if I ever got there. And I think that's really important for people to recognize. I don't, and I, again, I know I'm not answering your questions, so don't yell at me, 
when you said like, what's the one thing it's that culmination of realizing throughout my career that I was going to, I was going to mirror people who I thought led the way I would like to lead regardless of position. It was about leading from where you were in the organization. And I built a whole long list of the things I never wanted to do when I got there. It sounds like you're a student of people studying people. Yeah, I would say so. And I think, you know, back to the question, like what's the fiber in all the things of those jobs that I liked the most, in addition to like fixing things and and trying to figure out solutions where no one else had solutions. I would also say it's just, you know, being supportive of other people and really like enjoying who I'm with and what we're doing together. Because you spend a lot of time at work and sometimes we spend more time with our work family than we do our family family. And, and I think that's really important that, you know, you like the people you work with and you feel inspired by the work you do wherever you find that inspiration. Yeah. How do you, if you had, if you had a situation or situations where, um, people didn't understand you and what I mean more specifically, uh, meaning understand the way you think when you talk about dynamite and making things messy and chaos and, you know, talking in the, about the future, uh, uh, even a vision, you know, a a vision is, I I don't want to, sway you in any way what I'm thinking is that when if and when not if for you it's when you see things other people don't how does what if what if what happens how do you feel about that is really what I'm asking when people they just don't get that you're what you know it's like well what are you what are you talking about because I know you've been in those situations yeah I think I've I've grown in that way because maybe early on in my career I would have I would have gotten frustrated and um you know got a little bit edgy if you will and, and maybe not approached communicating it differently in a different way and I think what I come to learn over time is an appreciation for people's differences um particularly those people that think about things like, I'm super intrigued by those people. You know, like the analytical, very process oriented, likes everything in their place. Like those people I find to be nuggets of information that are so foreign to me that I, I work so hard to try to figure out what makes them. I can figure out how to communicate with them better. So the ideas that I have, um, you know, or the, the way that I go about things, it, it's typically a communication barrier. And a lot of times it's just people want to be heard. They want to make sure that you're validating where they're coming from. They want to make sure that you understand what they bring to the table, the knowledge they have, the skill set they have, the experience they have. And if you can 
see those things as a gift instead of as a barrier or a roadblock, it makes the process to get to unified decision-making and collaboration so much more exciting because it's all about how you get people there. It's not about getting yourself and your vision there. It's about getting everybody there together. And so I think that over the last, I don't know, maybe, maybe six to 10 years, that's really something that I've come to appreciate is how the difference in people allows for really great team building, really great vision setting. Um, and, and it can be messy. And maybe that's part of it is the messiness and having a lot of different opinions at the table for me is exciting. And I think for some people that that probably feels complicated. Well, and, 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 and I think, too, there are people that are just going to uh, see it their way uh, and expect other people will, will get it or or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when when you think back to when you started to to where you are now, and you're you you've got let me see twenty. You had t- about twenty years of professional experience. Would would you say roughly that? Mm-hmm. So if you think back to those first that first job or two and and knowing what you know now what what would what would you have done differently um I maybe would have been more patient with myself or patient with the process you know I think I had I um misguided expectations and most of those were self-imposed, by the way, about how quickly things can happen, you know, and I've, I've just learned to appreciate the process more than maybe I did back then. Um, so patience is definitely something I would turn around and tell myself 20 years ago. Um, you know, I think the other thing that I'm, I'm really glad I had then, so to flip your question around, Something that I had then that I wish I had more of now, because I think it's also like when we're early in career, uh, there are some beautiful things that we kind of lose over time as we age, if you will. Um, I had like zero fear. I wasn't afraid of anything. Like I wasn't afraid to hear no if I was asking for money. I I wasn't afraid to say yes to projects that were way outside of my scope and knowledge. Um, I wasn't afraid to like pick up the phone and call somebody because, you know, well, it's just another person, you know, and now I find myself because of all those experiences over the last 20 years, like I, there's a lot of self speak, if you will, about situations like how it might go or how it's going to go. Or when I approach this conversation, this is how they're going to feel about it without just like being without not, not allowing fear to get in the way. Well, there's a difference. Um, mm-hmm. You talked about finding meaning in your job, and that was important even from the beginning. Have, have, has that happened? And if so, what does that look like for you? Finding meaning in work. Yeah. Um, so... Early on, I think I thought meaning 
was mission inspired. So nonprofit mission inspired. So if you look at my career pathway early on, you know, nonprofit organization teaching disadvantaged kids life skills mission. Um, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, very mission. I mean, I, I would cry for hours with parents um, about their sick children. Very mission inspired, exhausting work. You know, working in a college setting, getting student scholarships who otherwise it can't can't afford to to do it. Maybe they're a first generation student. Again, like mission. And then I've got this like random stuff in the middle which was a little bit of salesy marketing stuff. And I strayed, I strayed a little bit away from that. And I, and I think that it was in those moments where I was like, huh, like, can you find mission? Can you find mission and purpose in work that is not nonprofit? Right. So I got back into nonprofit and, you know, very mission centric. And I gave everything I had to those mission-centered, mission, that mission-centric work, if you will, um, sometimes almost to the degree that was compromising to my, the well-being of myself, mentally, physically, emotionally, et cetera, um, in an effort to, to fill other people's cup. And in this last job, my most recent change, and now I've been here for a year and a half, working for a, you know, in the private or the private sector, but in business. And I work, I, I'm blessed to work for a company who, you know, is all about mission, but it's not nonprofit mission. And I found, I, what I have found is that my mission through all of this has been about helping people, you know, whether that's helping right now, I get the gift of talking with people about how they influence culture in their teams and, and what makes an effective team work and how do we communicate and how do we show and demonstrate care within an organization and, and how does that feel and what does it result? How are associates more engaged and productive as a result of that? And I found that that after all these years is what I'm after is helping people. And so where I've landed now, again, you know, 20 years ago, if you would have asked me, I probably would not have even like been interested in that job, but it's all those experiences kind of compacted together that led me to realize that at the end of the day, that's what, that's what inspires me to get out of bed every day and go to work. It's getting, getting to help people provide clarity around a, a shared mission and a shared vision and shared values. People are fascinating when you learn about what makes them tick and what's critical and important to them. And even Kelly said it, uh, and as she described how helping people is something that's important and meaningful in her life. So thank you for sharing that with all of us today. And uh, we'll be hearing more from Kelly. She and I are gonna be doing some future podcasts together on leadership topics and would love to get your ideas. So uh, please, Follow this link and give us your suggestions and recommendations, and uh, we'll be taking a look at those. So for now, this is Alan Patterson saying goodbye to all you ladder burners. Uh, let's go out and change the world. we got a lot of work to do. See you soon. <laughs>